I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Welcome to Frap How. We're your hosts, Auden Rags. So today in the studio, we have Betty with us. Um, so what do you want to talk about for our Don't Get Me Started? Diet talk. Cool. Let's do it. What are you doing, Annie? I'm getting healthier snacks for the shoeshine stand. Chris is a food genius. Did you know that the food you eat becomes energy? <laughs> Boom. That's spaghetti. Nachos. Cookie. Okay. So recently I was out um, at the mall and I stopped to get pretzels and the people behind me in line decided they wanted to start talking about how many calories were in the pretzels and why they shouldn't eat them while online to eat them. And I'm in recovery for an eating disorder. So that wasn't fun for me. But I started to see other people in line who were about to pay money to eat something start like thinking twice about it. So I just don't understand why people have to talk about calories or like even on a menu board, why they have calories on there, because it makes people not want to buy their stuff. Well, I think in New York, it's a law that they have to have the calories on there. 
That's interesting. I think in, I don't know if it's New York State or New York City. I think that's like a, a law. Huh. Is it really? I think so. Hmm. Well, maybe not a law. I think it's like a, whatever they call a mandate or something. I don't know, whatever. I know in New Jersey, it's mostly only chain restaurants that mm-hmm. do it. So like if you go to a fast food restaurant or even just like a chain, then you'll see them. But typically, I don't really see them at like mom and pop restaurants, which is kind of nice. I think like there is a time and place where calories matter. But if you're not actively going out of your way to seek the calorie count, you shouldn't have to see them. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, if you're going on, like, we're so lucky that we have the internet at our hands all the time. So if you want the calories, you can easily just Google the calories in something. Mm-hmm. My dad just got um, um, a stomach surgery, so he has to see the calories and things, which makes sense. Right. But he could just take his phone and look it up. I don't have to, like, walk into a place and the second I see that what I want, the calories are right next to it before even the price. I think part of it is, I think most of it is this pushback against fat people because apparently fat people is the bane of society's existence. <laughs> um, when all actuality, like fat people are allowed to exist. And I mean, look at the Chub Club and look at so many other powerful people who they're fat. Who the fuck cares? But like we have this framed in our mindset that like if you're thin, you're healthy and nobody really ever says anything about being too thin. Yeah, that's a big thing I've run into in my recovery is as I was losing weight, people were like, oh, my gosh, you look so healthy rather than anything else. Instead of commenting on the weight loss, they commented about my health. Right. Which I wasn't. I never was underweight, but I was not healthy. Yeah. In Mm -hmm. my anorexia so I think that's a thing and then as I gain weight people don't really think about the health side of it and I'm gaining health with the weight gain right Mm -hmm. people are just so fat phobic that they're like oh thin healthy let's go yeah well and I think also people forget that calories aren't the only thing that matters so if calories are important to you um for whatever reason usually all the other parts of components that make up a food are also really important so like thinking about macronutrients and micronutrients and protein and carbs and salt and sugar like those things I think if you are coming at it from like some sort of uh weight loss diet or you're trying to maintain a weight or whatever those or you're trying to build muscle or whatever that those are the items are actually more important than the calories I mean that means the calories mean something, but if you're looking at protein and carbs, especially like that is really the important part to you. Right. It's macronutrients versus micronutrients, which is something like I'm familiar with, um, for weightlifting, but not a lot of people are familiar with macronutrients versus micro and macro is just like, well, what's your protein count? What's the carb count? What's the fat count? Sugars. And that's, basically it but then micronutrients gets into like all the nitty nitty gritty details of like trans fat and cholesterol and all the vitamins and this and that when like really honestly your body needs calories to function Mm -hmm. it's our energy and if you don't take in enough calories you're going to not have energy and like sure if you take in too many calories that may not always be the most healthy thing that you can do but like it's your fucking body you do what you want with it and own it i definitely agree i think a lot of people don't realize that it's more complicated than calories in 
versus right. calories out. It's yeah. way yeah. more complicated that because there's so much to do with the fats and the proteins mm-hmm. and the starches. And each food group has to do with something. And people just go, oh, calories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because like 500 calories of a chocolate bar is very different than 500 calories of broccoli or 500 calories of steak, you know, or 500 calories of pasta. And I mean, if you want to eat 500 calories of a chocolate bar, like I know that I've done it. Like who, who the fuck cares? Nobody's going to tell me twice or bad an eye because I'm skinny, like I'm thin. But if somebody who's fat does it, everybody's like, oh, you shouldn't be eating that. I'm like, well, are you, you're just saying that because they're fat. Like, let them enjoy a fucking chocolate bar. Yeah, people just love to comment on other people's diets, and I see all the time. And even as a preschool teacher, I'll be sitting with my students, and one will turn to the other, and she'll be eating a Lunchable, and the other one will be eating, like, pasta with broccoli, and the girl will turn to the other and be like, that's not healthy. Miss Kirsten, is this healthy? And I'm like, that's not your body to comment on what they're eating. Also, like, I I know this is, like, really... On, like, a macro level of, like, five-year-olds understanding this, they're not going to understand economics and, like, pay grade and how buying food works. Or time. Or time. But, like, you also have to think about, like, your income level and whether or not you can actually afford to go out and buy fresh broccoli and pasta and you know are fucking expensive don't get on that oh no okay maybe not maybe not the example of lunchables mcdonald's all the time too so that's a good example right like with mcdonald's like mcdonald's versus a home-cooked meal okay look mcdonald's is quick it's pretty cheap it's efficient it's convenient you can basically go within a five minute radius and get some sort of fast food like McDonald's or Burger King or something of that nature. Whereas you would have to go to the store and buy broccoli. You would have to pick up all the stuff to make like panne alfredo with broccoli or whatever. And then you would have to go home. You would have to cook all of it. And I mean, I cook a lot of meals. I know that's going to take a substantial amount of time. That's not to say that like if you don't have the time or that's not to say that if you don't, if you do have time, you're going to want to spend your time on that. Because what if you want to spend your time with your kids or your significant other or X, Y, Z? And then do you even have the money to do that? Yeah. Ever since I started at my treatment center, I've been having to like cook every meal for myself. And I spend a good like two hours a week just prepping my lunches for work, mm-hmm. not even including my dinners or my breakfasts before or after work. So I can't imagine doing it for a whole family because most of these kids have siblings, too. I think only one of my students is an only child and their mom's expecting. So there's multiples of these kids to feed. And I know that takes so much time and money. So I've started to teach the kids, like, don't comment on other people's food. But they're also five. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually four. We have, like, two five-year-olds. So they're hard to. Yeah, but this is a good age to, like, start to. Start that, like, especially the comments about start taking away some of the they're like picking up all these social cues about how to comment on people's weight as well and um or being scared of calories i think it's a big thing Mm -hmm. um and then just being able to try to at least kind of break that down a little bit before it becomes so integrated because i think you know, even in middle school, I was worried about like how many calories were in my PB and J. Like that's so fucked up. It <laughs> like, is. and so we, you know, I think pre K is plenty good time to be like, 
you know, calorie, like if it's healthy, it's healthy. If it's not, it's not like just use the food for energy. Like Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec when he figures out calories are energy. (laughs) (laughs) A big thing I've been doing with them is because with adults, it's different with five than four or five year olds, because like with adults, if you can use the words healthy and unhealthy and it's one thing, but with four-year-olds, they think so black and white that if they think something's unhealthy, they try to stay clear of it. Mm-hmm. So I've been changing the wordings to fun food and nutrient-dense food. Mm-hmm. And that's helped a lot because you can have fun food. It was somebody's fifth birthday the other day, and they brought in a cake. And, like, that's okay. Or we have two snacks a day. It's okay to eat something every once in a while that's not fruit. Mm-hmm. So I've been working with them on changing the language they use, which mm-hmm. has been kind of helpful with their comments to each other. But like you said, they are commenting on people's bodies now. The other day we were standing by the door and one of the kids goes, Miss Kirsten, are you having a baby? And I was like, no, what do you mean? She's like, your belly's getting a little big. And I did not know how to answer that. But... I decided the next day that it was, like, a good time to start talking about commenting on other people's bodies since I did teach them about commenting on each other's food. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, in addition to that, you shouldn't comment about other people's bodies unless it's, I like your shirt. Yeah. So we're working on that now. I mean, if you could only remind adults to do that. Adults are worse. <laughs> because yeah. they don't, they, adults understand what they're saying. Four-year-olds are just like, oh, well, my friend's mommy is having a baby and her belly is getting big. I don't even, I would argue that most adults don't even know what they're saying. Like, I think that a lot of them are just trying to say certain things like the whole, Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Even though you may not be feeling good. Like that's just like the thing that comes out because you want either want to avoid a conversation or, you know, X, Y, Z social principles or or whatever. What Betty mentioned earlier when she was losing weight and people said, Oh, you look healthy or, Oh, you look good. It's something that I've heard a lot. Like, yeah, I feel like most adults like fall into a couple categories where it's like they know what they're saying and they mean it. They don't know what they're saying. So they try to mean it, but they obviously don't understand the ramifications. Um, And then they don't understand what they're saying. And then they slowly realize the ramifications of what they're saying. And like, I feel like there's these just buckets of people. (laughs) There are buckets of people. And Got binders full of people. Binders <laughs> full of people. And I feel like I've always argued that adults are just overgrown children. At the end of the day, they're still just as misinformed. They're still just as ignorant about a lot of different things. And they're sh- they were, you know, raised under these societal expectations of following certain trains of thought. And they're going to say the thing. And I think a lot of times they don't realize the ramifications and how hurtful that thing is until you tell them. And then they can do one of two things, either be an asshole about it or correct their behavior. Yeah, I've definitely noticed since I started to speak up about like how people's words affect me that most people just don't realize no, that they, they can't say things. No, they don't. And then, like, sometimes you have well-intentioned things and that doesn't always get perceived correctly or how they hoped it would be. But I think that falls into another category of, like, at least you're fucking trying. And I know a lot of people who don't even fucking try. Yeah, so. I feel like most people don't try. Yeah. I was lucky that I grew up, like, I was around Derby since I was eight and I went to a charter school for theater kids rather than public school. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't around people who were ignorant because everybody was very socially aware growing up. 
So it's like this whole new thing as an adult to realize how ignorant people are and how rude they are. It's very weird. Yeah. Man, people are fucking assholes. I feel like most people realize that in high school. And I started to realize that in middle school, but I was like quickly pulled out of that. So it's, it's a weird thing to learn as an adult. Let me ask you this. Do you have any diet restrictions? Like, are you allergic to any foods? Are you gluten-free? Are you vegetarian, vegan, X, Y, Z? Um, currently, no. But I've gone through many different diets. Like, I was gluten-free for a while. Um, I've never been vegetarian or vegan because I am very picky because of my sensory issues. Mm-hmm. So I have very limited diet choices for that reason. Um, there is an eating disorder called ARFID, um, avoidant restricted intake disorder, feeding intake disorder. And it's mostly not about weight, but more about the textures and the smells of food. Mm. And that really affects me. So I do have a lot of diet issues because of that. Mm -hmm. But it's nothing to be like, oh, I can't eat nuts or I can't eat milk. It's more specific. Yeah. The reason why I'm asking is because um, we actually, I don't know if you know Velocirapture. She's one of our newer skaters. Um, We talked to her about her anorexia and I asked her roughly the same question because she's vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people who use the guise of like, well, I'm vegetarian or vegan to kind of hide their eating disorder. Or like uh, whole eating, whatever it's called. Yeah, like the whole the whole 30 or like paleo or any of that. Like I know a lot of people who kind of use that guise to kind of hide away that there's actually a problem. Actually, my one of my best friends from treatment, she started recovering once she realized that she was using veganism as part of her anorexia because she's always been vegetarian and she like sh- strongly believes in being vegetarian. But around the same time as her eating disorder started was when she went vegan and she mm. realized that it was more of an excuse for yeah. her anorexia. So I see that actually pretty often within the treatment. Even one girl I was in treatment with, they wouldn't let her be vegetarian because they didn't think it was for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard to parse that out. I think internally, um, as a vegetarian, um, I think I initially started out because it restricted a lot of the f- types of foods that I wasn't used to eating. Um, and I'm trying to be really mindful of the types of foods that I am choosing to consume. Um, But like not so much so where I am really limiting myself to, you know, like just eating broccoli. Right. Just more thoughtful eating. Yeah. Yeah. And there's um, orthorexia, which is the eating disorder of basically, I don't want to eat this because it's unhealthy for me. And then you swing it, you swing that pendulum in the total opposite direction of I'm going to eat all this food that is healthy for me, but I'm going to over consume it or, yeah. you know, and only they won't eat, eat anything else. Right. Which isn't healthy either. And it's just like a really bad mentality to have because like you're psychologically speaking, like you actually kind of need to have those fun foods, as you said, like you need to have your nutrient dense. But like all throughout human history, we've always sought out being drunk. So, like, think of, like, drinking or eating your chocolate as, like, those fun foods that you need psychologically because it's, like, it's, like, refilling your cup almost. A big, like, diet 
eating disorder dietitian mindset is all foods fit everything in moderation. Yeah. So it's about you can eat whatever you want. Just know when to eat it. Yeah. And when you do have orthorexia, you don't realize that. And the girl I was just talking about who was vegan, her mom has orthorexia and it impacted her into more of the eating disorder thought where she was able and that's why she was able to use veganism to cover her anorexia because she didn't even mm-hmm. realize because she learned it from her mom. Yeah. And that's pretty common too. Diets are a bitch, man. Thanks for listening to our Don't Get Me Started. We really appreciate you guys listening in. Um, if you guys want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Pal Podcast. If you want to send us an email, maybe you have an idea about what really bugs you. We'd love to hear about it. You can send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, don't, don't be a dick. dick.